Welcome back to the KPO Podcast. I'm your host, Jagisha. This week on the podcast, I have returning author Jesse Q. Sitanto. And we sit down to talk about her new novel, Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice for Murderers. I highly recommend this book. Please pick it up and read it. It is so much fun. If you are in the mood for a cozy mystery, then this is the book. So let me tell you a little bit about the book. And if you've enjoyed Dial A for Aunties, which was Jessie's other novels, her first in the Auntie series, then I think you'll really enjoy this one too. So Vera Wong is an older lady who lives above her tea shop. And this is set in San Francisco's Chinatown. She's very independent, has her routine, loves watching detective shows. Then one morning, she goes downstairs to her tea shop and there's a dead man in the middle of the tea shop. In his hand is a flash drive. So Vera, of course, calls the cops, as any good citizen would do, but she also swipes the flash drive and tucks it neatly into her apron. Now, why would Vera do this? Well, she thinks she can do a better job than the police. Anyway, let's talk to Jesse. We had a lot of fun talking about the book. So let's get started on the interview. Listeners, I have returning author Jesse Q. Satanto, and we are going to be talking about her latest book, Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice for Murderers. Welcome back to the podcast, Jesse. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So tell us about this book. Um, so Vera Wong is a little old lady who lives above a tea shop in San Francisco's Chinatown. And um, she's very lonely. Her tea shop is kind of forgotten and derelict. And then one morning she comes downstairs and she finds a dead body in the middle of her tea shop, as you do. And she decides to investigate the murder because nobody um, sniffs out a wrongdoing better than a suspicious Chinese mother. Yes. So Vera Wong is amazing. I love her. And her voice is so distinctive. How did she come about? Um, Well, she's basically my mom, you know, with like the dial turned up to 100. Each time I kind of got stuck, I would just think like, oh, what would my mom do in this situation? So um, <laughs> it kind of happened very naturally. Oh, that's awesome. So I remember you telling me uh, when we talked about Dial A for aunties, uh, a lot of the aunties were based on on your your own aunties, or at least you tried you try not to be too specific about it. So how does your mom feel about mm-hmm. being the main character here? Oh, gosh, I was so scared because, you know, um, my mom, she doesn't like hesitate to let me know when she doesn't like my book. So I was like, oh, my God, you know, if she doesn't approve of this, I am done. And especially like I had dedicated the book to her and I was like, oh, to my mom, who is like the OG Vera. So <laughs> pressure was on. But luckily, she really enjoyed it. And she finished it in like, Less than two days, she told me, I love it, I I approve of it, and I want more copies to um, hand out to my friends. Oh, that's like the best compliment. (laughs) Yes. All right, so this mystery is written a little differently. So typically, 
usually a cozy mystery, you get the main character and it, it tends to stay in the character's point of view. Now you wrote this in sort of all the other characters point of view along with Avira. So, so that's a little unusual. What, what made you decide to do it that way? I knew that I wanted like a mystery and I wanted each character aside from Vera to be a suspect. And so then I thought, oh, what would be really fun would be to kind of see, you know, the inner thoughts of mm -hmm. each suspect, but like not know even then uh, whether or not they were actually the killer. It was really me wanting to have fun with the with the book and not for like any other reason that was very well thought out or anything like that. Mm -hmm. No, I thought I, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, it's nice to get to know the characters better that way. So, you know, you had mm -hmm. Ricky, Julia, Sana, Oliver. Yeah. And so you got to see a little bit about them, but yeah, you didn't know. And the whole time I'm like, oh, I hope it's not you. Oh, I hope it's not you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reading the book. Because <laughs> I really like them all. And I'm like, oh no, yeah. will be the killer. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I totally felt the same way. <laughs> now, tea is a is present in this book. So do you have a, a favorite mm -hmm. tea? And are the some of the teas that you described, are they real? Yeah, yeah, they are all real. Um, and uh, aside from like the the mixture uh, that she makes, like, you know, with like a candied melon peel uh, mixed with um, you know, goji berries or whatever, like those ones, I mean, the ingredients are real, um, right. but I kind of just made up the combinations. Okay. Um, but the other, like the actual tea leaves are all real. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I, I grew up drinking Chinese tea, like a lot of different kinds of Chinese tea because my maternal grandfather was very, well, he was, he's, he was very traditional, like very patriarchal. And he was very much like, oh, you need to learn how to brew tea right, you know, to serve to your future husband. And, <laughs> and of course, at first I was like, oh, this is crap. Um, don't give me any of that patriarchal crap. But then, uh, but then I found that I actually like, you know, the ceremonial mm -hmm. nature of it. Um, I've never actually served tea to my husband. I think he would freak out if I did. And then he'd wonder if it was poisoned. Um, but I actually really liked, um, you know, Chinese teas and like how to uh, learning how to brew them properly. And then I developed like a good taste for it, like mm -hmm. to um, uh, to really differentiate between like each tea leaves. And um, we went to China when I was 16 um, we went to like a tea farm and mm. they did like a blind taste test. Um, they had like a, like maybe six to eight different leaves. And they were like, oh, can you tell us which one is like the highest quality and, you know, rate it from there. And I was the only one who like got it right. So I was like, oh, booyah, you know, <laughs> yeah, I was very proud of that. <laughs> so I was really, really happy to be able to like put that into a book finally. Mm. Yeah, no, I wanted to taste all the different teas and the combinations she came up with. So I was curious if those combinations were real. That's what I was asking. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, these all sound really good. Mm -hmm. Now I want to taste these teas. <laughs> <laughs> so and the, uh, the same could be said for the food. Also, I was hungry the entire time I'm reading this book. I really <laughs> wanted to sit at the table and, and just, you know, it, hang out with the characters and eat the meal that Vera prepared. Yeah. 
Yeah, me too. I was very hungry too when I was writing it. So how did you go about plotting this book? Um, was it sort of your typical process? So this was the first ever time that I had written a whodunit. Mm-hmm. Um, so like with Dal A for aunties, there was no question of who done it, you know, because <laughs> you knew from the very beginning that, well, the main character killed the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no uh, mystery at all. So this was the first ever time that I have written a mystery like this. So the plotting was very, very different. I, um, I, I had to go backwards. So I had to figure out um, who killed the guy. And then I was like, okay, and then, um, having figured that out, I could then kind of go back and think, oh, well, what would the killer um, have been doing to like lead up to this moment? Or what would like, and all, of course, like the why, you know, um, so I had to like really, really like plot backwards one step at a time. It was a very strange process. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed it because it was so different. But at the same time, it was also very much like, a, a, oh my goodness, like, can I actually do this? And I was like whining endlessly to my husband. I was like, oh my God, whose bright idea was it to write a whodunit? These things suck. They're like, they're so difficult to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it worked out really well. So all your hard work, <laughs> the book is great. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to hear that. So now did you end up writing, because you go back and like you switch between points of view from the different characters. So did you end up writing one whole character's point of view and then sort of inter, put them, mix mix them through together? Or did you just, so just go chapter by chapter? Oh, no, I went chapter by chapter. So I, um, the hardest part uh, with having five different points of view was that, um, so I like to outline um, religiously before I write. And um, when I was outlining, I knew that aside from Vera, uh, the remaining four characters should have equal screen time. Mm-hmm. And so then I would be like, okay, so chapter, you know, chapter three should be from so-and-so. And then I'd be like, oh no, um, this character hasn't had any screen time for like five chapters, you know, they're, they're mm-hmm. just out of the picture completely. And I need to get them back in somehow or like fit them in somewhere. But oh, crap, like they're not actually in this scene. So how can I, goodness, it was so complicated. So um, I had to do a lot of rearranging of like, uh, um, who's, who's actually in the scene and who isn't. And, and I had to really manipulate um, the plot to fit the characters equally. And then once I got that down on the chapter by chapter outline, then, then it was easier, I guess, the writing process. You know, I just wrote chapter by chapter. Yeah, yeah. I could imagine trying to keep five voices, to, you know, sort of organized mm-hmm. and, and, you know, know like, okay, yeah, what colors are hair? What color, what color eyes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, it was really tough. Yeah. I was reading the acknowledgments in the book and so I, I understand that this wasn't a, pl- a book that you'd sort of planned. It sort of just like Vera just sort of popped into your head mm-hmm. and took over. Yeah. Yes, uh, she really did because um, so I I had signed a multi book contract um, with Berkeley, my publisher, and they were supposed to be for like Dial A for Aunties, 
three and four, and then like a few other books, um, which I had pitched to them. So then I got the idea for Vera and I, I asked Caitlin, like my agent, I was like, Hey, when do you think I can write this? Um, because of like the contracted books, I was thinking possibly, I actually, I was thinking I would write it sometime in 2023. Mm-hmm. And then Caitlin was like, I don't know, let me ask Berkeley. So she sent the pitch to Berkeley. And then before we knew it, Berkeley was like, oh my God, we love this pitch. Like, can you write it now? <laughs> like, can you write it? Like, they were like, how fast can you write it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I don't know, because I don't have a plot. And also I've never written a whodunit. I don't know if I can write a whodunit. And they were like, oh, we have faith in you. You can do it. I was like, oh my God. And then and then they were like, we're going to push everything back because we think this should be your next book after Dal A for Aunties 2. And I was like, what? Uh, so, so yeah, like they were getting things ready for Vera, like getting the cover done. Um, they were taking the pitch to like sales meetings and everything um, before I was even like done writing it. So um, it was the most stressful, but also the most fun um, experience I've had writing. Yeah, I uh, so I really yeah, I enjoyed the story that you're telling in the acknowledgments. And then, yeah, and I love the book cover. So I don't know, one of the things you said was you had the book yeah. cover before the story was done. And, this, and it's great, oh my God. you know, you have the lady looking out yeah. the, the blinds. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And it was so funny because my friends were joking that like, God, you know, at this rate, you're going to get the book cover before you're done with the writing. And that actually did happen. I was like, oh my goodness, this is so surreal. (laughs) But also nice, you know, that your publisher is like, yeah, you got this. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really nice. Um, I I love the relationship that we have. Um, Caitlin, uh, you know, she was like, oh, I'm so glad that you're with them because I, I really feel like they just let you do whatever you want. And I was like, yeah, you know, I think you're right. Now, some of the themes in your book, uh, and, and I've noticed this in your other books too, is is about family. And um, in this one, it's more about found family and friendship. So mm-hmm. did you just want to talk a little bit more about some of those themes? Um, yeah, sure. I Okay, so I think I, so I lived abroad for a very long time. And I felt very lonely for a lot of those years when I lived abroad, um, just really missing my family because I come from a really, really, really huge family. Um, And we used to be a lot closer to each other uh, than we are now. Um, I think COVID, you know, has has really like done a number on us Mm -hmm. because a few of us like moved away and stuff like that. But before that, I was very close. And uh, I always kind of sought that out. And I really thought like, you know what, I I really want to kind of write about um, hope and about like finding unlikely friendships and realizing that like family comes in all forms. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, that sounds so cliche, but... (laughs) (laughs) But I, I, I guess uh, having had that kind of personal experience in it, like it just means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. No, like I said, I wanted to be at the table with the rest of the gang. So was- yeah, me too. 
So what's next? Uh, so I guess we're going to get more aunties and is, is there going to be another Vera? Um, it really depends on how well Vera does. I'm definitely open to writing a sequel, even though it will definitely break my brain because I'm like, oh my God, like what mystery can she stumble upon next? Like how many people can die in her tea house before, <laughs> before it gets shut down, you know? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I would definitely love to dive back into that world. Uh, but I, at, at this point, I'm just waiting to see how Vera does um, in terms of sales numbers. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There could be a death in the pastry shop, the French pastry shop that's supposedly. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. That's a, that's a, yeah, that's a definite possibility. So, and then we're going to get two more auntie books. Yes. So the third auntie's book should be out next spring. Hopefully, fingers crossed. My publisher hasn't actually accepted it yet. I don't think they've had a chance to read it because, you know, I threw a new book their way. So, mm -hmm. uh, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, and I do have an adult suspense coming out um, this fall uh, with the same publisher. You know, that's why my agent was like, oh, they let you do whatever you want. It's a dark adult suspense. Um, it's called I'm Not Done With You Yet. And um, it explores the toxic friendship between two women, two uh, female writers. Um, yeah, and it's not comedic. So um, I hope people are not too, like, shocked and horrified. Um, you know, I, I think based on the cover, they should know that it's not comedic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, no, that's nice. I mean, I like it when authors do other things, too. So, I, you know, I, I like it when they don't, aren't doing the same thing over and over again. I mean, it's up to them, obviously, whatever they prefer. But yeah. I like it when you're exploring different things. Yeah, yeah. I find it really refreshing because after doing something really lighthearted, I'm like, okay, I think I'm ready for something a bit darker. Mm -hmm. And then same thing, you know, like once I've done something dark, I, oh, my gosh, after I finished writing that book, uh, I'm not done with you yet. I was like, I was really like, oh my goodness, I'm so ready for something light and fun. So yeah, um, yeah. it's really nice to be able to do that. Yeah, it's like a palate cleanser for you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So last question is uh, something we ask our authors is what are you reading and or what do you recommend we read? Okay, so um, currently I am reading... Um, Andrea Bart, uh, her her upcoming book. I can't remember what it's called. Um, I'll have to look that up. But it's on my Kindle, uh, and I'm reading that. And and then I'm listening to her sister's audio book. I think her sister's name is Julia Bart, and the book is called The Writing Retreat. I I didn't mean to like time it that way, but I just happened to be like reading both their books at the same time. And I'm like, oh, this is a very interesting uh, experience. Uh, and I'm enjoying them very much. Mm -hmm. um, the book that I would recommend is uh, Yellow Face by R.F. Kuang. I think I read that last month. And oh, my goodness, like, I could not stop reading it. It was so explosive. And so like, like, no holds barred, you know, like, she really did not hold back. 
um, about like racism in publishing. So okay, I was like, I was reading it and like cringing, you know, because it's like so painfully true. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend that. Okay, I will definitely have to add that. Um, I think I'd I'd heard about the book, but I hadn't actually picked it up yet. So uh, mm-hmm. definitely one I'm going to add to my list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. Good luck with Vera. I think she's going to do really well, and I think you're going to have to write a second one. <laughs> oh my gosh, I really hope so. Thank you so much for being so patient with everything that's happened. I'm so so sorry, and um, I really enjoyed this. Uh, yeah. Thank you for all the lovely questions. That's our show this week. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Jesse, and thank you so much, Jesse, for taking the time. Join us next week when I talk to Dolan Perkins Valdez about her novel, Take My Hand. I'm going to leave you with a quote about mothers from Abraham Lincoln. All that I am or ever hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. Until next time.